You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad that you're here, as always. And if this is the first time that you've ever tuned in, welcome. I'm so glad that you found the show and um, honored that you're here. And this is a fun episode to get started on if you've never listened to the show before. We don't always talk about psychics and mediumship and spirituality, but when we do, I'm a happy girl because this is something that I feel so deeply within myself, my sense of intuition, my sense of feeling connected to something more than we can actually see is so strong. So I love having experts on who can kind of expand upon that, who share their knowledge and really just blow the little that I know kind of out of the water and uh, to scale that all across the world through people like you listening to the show, I think is is pretty magical. And uh, we're going to get into the magical today. I'm speaking with renowned spiritual medium, Sarah Renee, and she's joining me for a conversation on spirituality, mediumship, and connecting with loved ones on the other side. Now, through her work conversing with those who have crossed over, she's able to explain what happens to us when we die, how we form soul contracts with our friends and family before we're even born, and how to access the tremendous amount of support from our spiritual team of angels, guides, and departed family members. Now, over her career, Sarah has helped thousands of people all around the world experience a profound and deeply healing connection with spirit. So this episode is about explaining what actually happens to us when we die, but then also how we connect and seek guidance from those who are not in the physical plane, but who want to support us, who are there if you just simply ask. So I think you're going to get so much value out of this episode. Not only is it a fun and interesting topic to listen to, but it's also going to give you practical takeaways on how to actually implement this in your own life. And I think as humans, it's in our DNA to have a sense of faith, a sense of connection to something greater than ourselves, something that we can't always explain. And so this is going to be right in that wheelhouse. So not only are you learning something, but then you can go and use it in your own life. You know, if you have to make a tough decision or you're unsure about something, ask for help and see what comes up through the signs uh, to give you that sense of direction. So I think you're going to love this episode. I certainly did recording it. It's longer than our normal half hour. So that gives you some indication of how interesting this topic was. Uh, If you do enjoy the episode, please share it with a friend. And of course, keep those reviews coming. And if you're not sure on how to leave a review, I've got a link right in the show copy. Uh, You just click on that and it'll take you to the review page. And then you just click five stars and that's it. You're done. So please enjoy this episode with medium Sarah Renee. Hey guys, before we dive into this episode, I want to mention show sponsor R.S. Koso. Koso is a century-old traditional fermented drink out of Japan, and it's made from more than 100 vegetables, fruits, and plants. And because it's fermented, it contains probiotics, prebiotics, and postbiotics, and it tastes really good, actually. It's like a sweet Japanese plum juice. And I did the three-day cleanse last summer, and it came in this very tall, beautiful bottle with beautiful packaging. I almost didn't want to open it. Um, And I was afraid that I was going to be really tired and moody when doing a cleanse because that's pretty typical for me. Um, But I actually ended up having more energy and my skin was glowing and I just felt strong. Like I could still work out. Um, I was still, of course, drinking a lot of water with it. Um, But then afterwards, I just felt like I completely reset my gut. 
And with that, you know, I could take on the world. Um, Nakoso is non-GMO, they're dairy-free, vegan-friendly, Japan-made, and 100% natural. So if you are interested in trying this cleanse out for yourself, head on over to rskoso.com, that's R-S-K-O-S-O.com, and be sure to use my code UNSTRESSED, which will save you 25%. Well, hello, Miss Sarah Renee. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I like to kind of dive in with a bigger question to start us all off. I'm curious, when did you start to know or when did you discover that you had these extrasensory abilities? You know, like looking back, I would really say as a child, you know, they were the strongest, um, but I was so afraid, you know, so as a kid, I would have um, like severe night terrors um, in one home that we lived in for a few years. I couldn't sleep alone ever. And my parents, like my poor parents, they tried everything, like <laughs> all the tricks. And, and I was just, it, it was, you would think that something was trying to kill me, you know, like it, it was so severe and, um, Finally, we moved and then I was okay. But um, yeah, I would see these like dark things, you know, in the corners. I would feel like all these people talking to me all at the same time. And um, and then when I was five, my grandmother passed away and she died of cancer in the middle of the night um, on hospice. And my mom got the call and she, I remember she, she let us know and I was like, I was demanding that she take me to the hospital to say goodbye. I was like, grandma's not going to leave until, mm. until I say goodbye. And it's my poor mom. She's like grieving. It's 3am. She's driving her five-year-old child to the hospital to see her, you know, deceased mom. And she's like thinking, I'm going to traumatize my kid. Like, <laughs> you know, um, and, but I remember going into the hospital room and, and having a conversation where my grandmother was like sitting on the bed mm. next to me and, you know, really her body was, was lying there. Um, yeah. and I just remember talking to her and her telling me like, I wasn't going to see her, but she was going to be around and it was going to be okay. And then she, she left and I just got up and I was like, okay, we can go home now. Wow. I think that was like probably the most prominent like mm-hmm. incident where it was evident that I, I wasn't maybe normal. <laughs> <laughs> but like kudos to your mom for like taking you there. I think a lot of moms would be like, no, just get back to bed. We'll hit, we'll deal with this in the mm-hmm. morning. So it sounds like there was something about her too, that was more awakened or sensitive like mm-hmm. you. Yeah, she's definitely, you know, and it's funny because I don't know that she would have thought of like or described herself at that time as like, super spiritual or you know or whatnot but I mean we were always we always had dogs she you know we had like fairy yards you know as she would (laughs) say like (laughs) with all the trees and fairy houses and and she was very grounded but she was deeply spiritual and always like you know talked about mother mary and the saints and the angels and all of that so it definitely I think gave me such a huge um Mm -hmm. like boost almost you know having that foundation for sure 
Oh my gosh. So this just spurred so many questions. I'm going to try to keep it organized, but just to kind of set the the groundwork here for listeners who aren't as um, attuned to this kind of work in this kind of field, um, what is exactly a medium? How is it different than maybe being psychic instead? Yeah. So kind of the, the rule of thumb is essentially that all psychic mediums are psychic or all mediums are psychic but not all psychics are mediums. Okay. So that's kind of what, what we all say. But, um, you know, it's essentially the difference is that a medium has the ability to connect with the other side versus a psychic that kind of reads the energy or, you know, just focuses on future tarot or, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, for me, most of my work is bringing through people's loved ones who have passed away and are in the afterlife. Um, and it was funny, like a couple years ago, I started to get this niche of bringing through babies who haven't, you know, been born yet either, mm. either way before pregnancy or during fertility processes or, or during pregnancy. Um, and so that's been really that's been really fun too. So the, those are kind of the majority. And then, and then I bring through like angels and guides and, and that, so, you know, for more like career guidance and mm. relationship guidance and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Cause um, like I was saying before, I was doing research on you before this interview and I saw that you talk about not only just speaking to people who are on the other side, but teams, spiritual teams. Mm-hmm. What is that about? What is that? What does that entail? And, and do we all have a, do we all have a supportive mm-hmm. team around us of spirits? Yes. So that, you know, it's funny the, the, I, I kind of just started that term of like spirit team, um, because I found myself in my journal, I would write like, dear God. And then it would be like, God, angels, grandma, so and so. And it got to the point where like half the paper was like, dear all these people. And, and, and I would see like collectives, you know, around everyone, you know, when I'm out and about, or, you know, all of my clients, like, And so we all have this like combination of, you know, loved ones who have passed and or, you know, ancestors or like great grandparents that maybe we don't even know um, watching over us. And then, you know, a guardian angel. And then sometimes there's some archangels in there and then some other guides. And so it was like to call it a spirit team was a really great way to just kind of get straight to the point call on everybody <laughs> all at once and, and they just kind of short shorthand it almost yeah and is it is it like they're always there ready to help or do you have to pray to them or call them in for them to give you support yeah so yes they're always there and you know because we have free will here there has to be that ask or that permission given mm-hmm. you know for that divine intervention And I think, you know, sometimes they'll intervene, like, 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 let's say somebody's just like really sabotaging or, you know, or in, um, you know, putting themselves like in dangerous situations. It's like, they can kind of only protect us as much as we allow them without our asking if we're like bound and determined to do something, Mm. you know, or like somebody else's free will, you know, that's when like you know, when you hear of like really tragic, like homicides or, you know, or things like of that nature is, is essentially when somebody else's free will kind of overrides mm-hmm. that divine will. But, 
usually you'll hear, like you'll see, um, you know, people will describe kind of feeling taken out of their body or like protect it. It's like, they still try to protect this as best as they can. Yeah. I'll never forget. My mom told me this story about her mother when she was a little girl. She told her she was playing out in the front yard and her brother kicked a ball into the street and she ran to go get it. And a car was coming and she actually saw an angel stop the car and move her. And, and this, my grandmother was very, you know, conservative and not, you know, woo woo at all. And for her to share that with her daughter and then for her to share that, like, I'll never forget that story. And she was, she said he was very tall and it was the most beautiful angel, you know, beautiful entity she had Mm -hmm. ever seen. And so, I mean, from a very young age, I've always believed in this just from my own family stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We always talked about, like my mom always kind of talked about that too. of like, you know, that call on your angels, like ask them for help and and they can, you know, intervene. We always had those books with like stories like that, you know, so. So I'm, I'm curious, how does religion kind of play into all of this? Because it seems like this is very kind of esoteric. And, and then you've got like religion on the other side. I mean, how does it all kind of meld into where we can access this, but also not feel like we're living in la-la land, you know, because I want it to be accessible to the listener to where you feel empowered to mm-hmm. call on these guys, but you also don't feel like you're playing pretend. Oh yeah, 100%. And I, I you know, I love that question. Um Cause I'm all about, my guides always joke, like I'm all about practicality. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make it useful for people. Otherwise it's pointless. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I always tell people to like, if, if you are in a religious affiliation, like to, to, to make it work for you, like you don't have to call on my guides if they don't resonate. Like if mother Mary doesn't resonate for you, like, don't like, that's okay you know, like, and, um, I mean, and that's kind of, that's like the parameters that we as humans, I think, put on things. Like when I see guides, like I'll see different angels with everybody, like no matter what their religion is, or like, I see spirit teams around my clients who are atheist, you know, and, and, you know, so, so we all have access. I think it's just our own, it, it's like, working with our own belief systems to make it accessible. You know, so I tell people like calling on God or the universe or goddess or angels, like it's all the same. It's that divine energy system essentially, or that, you know, higher frequency. And, um, you know, to make it really, I feel like the, the, the thing about making it accessible And like you said, like not feeling like you're in la la land is like really asking for tangible signs Mm -hmm. and like tangible results. So, you know, in, in that sense, like something that I work with my clients on is like, okay, if you ask and like, let's say it could even be like your mom, like if your mom passed away and you're wanting to connect with her, but like, you want to feel like you're not pretending, like you said, you know, like asking her, like, Hey, send me a sign that you're around. And then like, let's say you're, then you're outside walking and you see a butterfly or like, maybe you even see five butterflies, but you're still like, the mind can be tricky. It can be like, well, maybe you're just making it up, but it's just springtime and there's butterflies everywhere, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So, so then following up and asking like, is this really you? Can you send another sign to confirm 
And so then you kind of get this domino effect of, of when you do that, where the signs are just constantly flooding in all day long and you feel like there's no way you couldn't believe. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and, and really asking and, and noticing and paying attention to like, when you pray and ask for help with something, how does it go? And how does it go when you don't do that? And, and like, you know, you kind of have to almost use your self-talk to like talk to your mind to point out very consciously and purposefully, like, look, we hadn't been asking for divine assistance here. And then we did. And then this opened up and this happened. So we can trust it. So it's almost like you really take the time to prove it to yourself. Mm -hmm. And again, just bringing in that practicality, Mm -hmm. I think is really, especially now, you know, with everything, you can plan everything on your calendar, you can mark everything. And it's just like, okay, well, here's the evidence right here. You know, Mm -hmm. and I didn't have this. I love that. I love that uh, analysis. Um, But how did you really grow this skill? I mean, I know it came naturally to you when you're a child, but it seemed like it was really, you know, in the past seven, eight years that it became, you know, a full force in your life. So can you talk to us about how you grew that skill and how you really brought that out and had the courage to do that? Yes. So when I was 18, um, was when I went to, I I just got a reading with an astrologer medium that I was referred to. And kind of like most of my clients, I I didn't even go to her thinking that she would tell me I was a medium. I just wanted life advice. Um, But she was the first one that explained to me, like, you have these abilities, you know, have you had these things happen? And I was just like, it was like my whole life made sense, right? Like (laughs) in that moment. And I still really struggled back and forth. And, and in my mid twenties, I went into yoga teacher training and I started to build, I started meditating every day and really building more of a spiritual foundation. And I also, um, I got sober. So I quit drinking and went through 12 steps. And, um, part of in the 12 step work was this prayer of thy will be done. And, between my meditation practice, yoga, and that kind of willingness and that asking for divine will to come be done, I, it was like, I want to say it happened organically, you know, not in the, not that I wasn't putting effort in, but it was like, I was teaching yoga and I started being able to do, like, I started seeing my client's energy and Mm -hmm. getting guided to like do energy healing. And then I was like, okay, I can do this. This is safe. Like, this is okay. You know, like nobody will think I'm crazy. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. um, and then their loved ones started coming through. Mm. And I, it was really scary. And, and I really felt, I remember that first time, like I told somebody that their person was here and I was just like, oh my God, she's going to freak out. Like <laughs> I was so terrified, but it ended up being so deeply healing and such a loving experience for her yeah that I was really like okay I'm just gonna trust you to the universe or to God and and all that like if this is what you want me to do like this is what I'm gonna do but just keep Mm -hmm. me safe and and help it be tangible for people because it was kind of my fear almost of being like 
like I didn't want to be in La La Land all the time. Like I yeah. really or to I be wanted it to judged, be judged, I'm sure, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't want to be one of those people that like, you know, lives lives in the woods. And <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Not okay, that there's anything you, wrong with that, but I was the, like, I had this stereotype in my mind of like, I don't want to be that person that's like the outcast, right? Or which, like the, the witch in the woods. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, when you, when you see, like, I can, I can definitely relate to like seeing people's energy, certainly feeling it when you feel um, or see people's loved ones come through, do you actually physically see a person or do you just get like a sense of, well, it's a male or it's a female, you know, how does it come through to you? So like, it's almost like for me, if, if you're like aware, it's like I become, when I'm like tuning in and getting ready for a session, it's like, I'm aware of my energy field. So that's like the first like level of awareness that goes on. Mm -hmm. And then I'm setting my intentions for my client and it's like, I'll feel their loved one, like step into my energy field. Mm. And then usually it's like the initial, you know, okay. It feels like a fatherly figure or a feel, they feel motherly or like a fun uncle, or like, they're kind of give me just like that overall feeling and gender. And then they, it's like, they get more and more into my field to the point where I'll usually feel how they passed. Um, mm. They'll take me through their passing as like a way to tell the person, you know, who they are and, and, and what they felt. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's kind of trippy because I'll like look down and literally like my arm will look like somebody else's. Like, wow. <laughs> like I feel like I'm in their body. Um, wow. But, and then they show me pictures, like it's kind of like in my mind's eye. So I don't mm-hmm. see them like I see you, you know, in front of me. I see them more um, more in my head mm-hmm. and feel them. And so it's kind of like this, it sounds like overwhelming when you describe it, but it all somehow flows like during the session of like hearing things, seeing things, feeling things. And I'm just like rambling off, you know, for my clients. And, um, you know, usually it all comes together like way better than I could have planned, so... Wow. Have you ever been in a session and like nothing is coming through and you're like, I'm sorry, like no one is showing up or do people always show up? You know, I've had, I've had, I'm at eight, eight times over the last like eight, nine years where it hasn't, where the reading like hasn't gone. It was mostly in my early years. I've only had Mm -hmm. like one in the last like four years, I've only had it happen one time. Um, but you know, where, where I just stopped the session, like, cause I mean, I'm not going to like, right. It's like not something you can fake your way like through. At least I can't, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Um, so what I, I just always stop the session and I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just not the, I'm just not getting anything. And, and obviously, you know, I wouldn't charge in that case, but it's very rare. I, you know, I was finding a lot in the beginning. This is so silly, but like, I, I didn't realize that people would come to sessions hung over. What? <laughs> because like, I would never do that. Yeah. And, but I was getting a lot of people who would come hung over. And now it's like mm. in my, like, I, I really advise people like, please don't come intoxicated and please don't come hung over because it does really make the session a lot more difficult um, like it's fine if I'm doing a group and everybody's having a glass of wine or something like that doesn't seem to be a big deal, but like 
it's that if people are in a really heavy vibration, it makes Mm -hmm. it very difficult. That's so interesting to me. And that's, yeah, it's almost like I've always thought that alcohol is such, I mean, obviously it's a depressant, you know, Mm -hmm. it it kills brain cells, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it does something more than that. You know, it like kind of tampers down your own, your own mind's eye. Is that, is that why you went, got sober? I mean, is that really when your gifts kind of blew up when you got that out of the That's like, they just went to a whole other level. It's like, I had them a little bit, but I couldn't, I would have never been able to like do a full reading and have it be mm. like strong enough to be valuable for somebody before, so before sobriety. Yeah. So, so to the woman listening, I mean, I feel like we all kind of have this ability. We've all, you know, have intuition, obviously, especially mm-hmm. as mothers. Um, is it something that we can work on, on, on our own time and, and kind of access? Do we have to quit drinking? Do we have to meditate and do yoga every day? Like what, what are some best practices for the woman listening to kind of bring this up in her own life? I'm not talking about, you know, talking to your ancestors and things like that, but just being able to be more in touch with other energies and just getting that guidance from your guides when you need it. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I always talk about like prayer meditation is like, like giving permission, it's like talking and listening, right? So they kind of go together. So, you know, even if you have like no time, if, if you can carve out five minutes and, you know, even if you spend one minute talking, like, please give me insight on this, please give me, you know, guide me on that, you know, even just a simple, you know, please send divine intervention my way, you know, or help out with my kid or whatever it is. Um, and then, you know, breathing a few rounds or listening to a guided meditation or anything, it doesn't matter really the technique, but what I find is that when you take the time, even just a few minutes, just to get quiet and start to cultivate that awareness, it, it comes out in the rest of your day. So you might like Mm. then go out in your house and everybody's screaming and running around but because you've taken that time to like plug in, you're more in tune, even with the chaos and, and the more consistently. So consistency is a huge thing that I see with my clients of like, for like people who meditate 30 minutes, let's say like once a week and, but not at all the other days, mm-hmm. like that's great. You're definitely going to feel some benefits, but to really expand your intuition, I find that like smaller bits of time, more consistently are more helpful for that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, really practicing a a good practical tool. If you're like, you know, really wanting to cultivate that connection and like keep it um, more steady throughout your day is setting little reminders in your phone Mm -hmm. with like to just, you know, and, and you can, you can focus it wherever you want. Like you can have a reminder to check in on your energy or your kids energy or like the energy of your house. Like what's the energy doing right now? Or it can be like just a reminder of, you know, Hey spirit team, please, you know, please help intervene on behalf of my highest and best good, Hmm. Um, you know, or something. So that starts to get you checking in and asking for signs throughout your day, you know, and just for like a minute here and there. Oh, I love that. Again, going back to practicality, I can roll with that. We all can roll with that. Yeah. It's Um, like you could be in the car, you know, driving and, and, 
you can be like, okay, give me a sign. You know, like you don't have to like stop everything and go. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that so much more than like going to your phone to seek out distraction or going, you know, to go somewhere else, like really checking in, tuning in is such a different, it's a different mindset than going for, you know, even if you just want to connect with others online and that's why we go to social. um, Mm -hmm. I think it's just such a shift, you know, Mm -hmm. in what you're doing with your mind at that time, your energy, everything. Yeah. And you'll notice too, like with how you feel mm-hmm. of, um, you know, you probably notice this being intuitive and, and sensitive yourself of like when, not that social media is bad at all, but like when we do go outside of ourselves, like to connect, like we're going into that energy mm-hmm. versus really centering and coming back into our own energy. So like when you have a lot going on in your day, you know, I find that like going outside of ourselves, like it can be tempting because it feels like an escape a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, like, so it's really, it's really tempting and, it, and it's fine, but it can, it can cause more anxiety yeah, and it can actually cause more confusion versus taking a minute to breathe and tune in and ask for divine guidance you know, and, and that usually you like, you'll feel it in your system, the difference of like overwhelm versus like calming, centering, sure. you know, like, yeah, to, and absolutely. Once you get used to that, I think it, it's easier to make it a habit. For sure, for sure. But um, I, I do want to switch gears to talk more about your niche. Um, calling in the babies that haven't been born yet that are, are, is it something like, I've always felt like my children picked me and my husband, you know, as their parents. Mm -hmm. I mean, even when they were really young, I used to say like, what was it like before you were here? Do you remember, you know, just to see like what they would say. And, um, and like both of them, both of them both said that they chose us as their parents. So So tell me, give me your perspective on that. And, uh, you know, do we have soul contracts with our kids before they're born or with even with our spouses, with with our own family, our parents, like go into all of that because I find it so fascinating. Yeah. This episode is also brought to you by Lugs. Lugs is a brand you probably remember it started back in the 90s, but they've never wavered from having their pulse on what is stylish and also realistically priced. I wore the boots today on my trip to Costco because why else do you leave the house? And it was so cute. It totally uplifted my entire outfit. I felt like I was kind of on a runway in a lot of ways because it was just so chic and so cute with what I was wearing. And I was actually wearing leggings with it. So it's surprising that I felt so... I don't know, so chic, but that's kind of the beauty of the brand. And if you use my code unstressed, that will save you 30% off at lugs.com. That's L-U-G-Z.com. And just something that I want you to remember about the brand. It's a great brand, not just for you, but for the entire family. So they're stylish, realistically priced, and great for everyday wear. And one another thing that I think is really important is that they're really comfortable. So not only are you going to feel cute when you go out to the grocery store or wherever you're going, but you're also going to feel comfortable and chic at the same time. So be sure to head on over to lugs.com and use my code unstressed to save. Yes, we do. So, so I definitely see like soul contracts and and kind of how they explain it to me is, is like, um, if you imagine like if we have, we have a soul family, so it's not always everyone that we're related to biologically, but it, it can be friends, um, partners, um, you know, different family members, et cetera. So 
so at some point, all of our souls end up on the other side. And then we kind of all decide like, who wants to learn what, who wants to do what. Mm. And so we create these agreements with one another of, you know, I'm going to, you know, so one of your kids might've been your mom in a past life. And, mm-hmm. and then over there, you're like, okay, let's, I'm going to be the mom this time. You guys be siblings, you know, and let's see how this goes, you know, or cause I want to learn this and you want to learn that. And so there will be these agreements based on that. And then, you know, the souls of children do usually, you know, they, they absolutely pick their parents and, What's interesting is I've even seen, like, even in cases of, like, adoption, let's say, a lot of times the soul will pick the biological parents or there will be a soul agreement of of the soul to come through as some type of lesson or, like, like a little experience, but where it was never agreed upon that they would be raised Mm -hmm in that family where there is a soul agreement, even in those cases to be raised by the adopted family. I love that. Um, So it's all, it's like, there's so much more of a plan, you know, than, than we understand. Um, And, you know, the, they usually will pick, if you think about like the, everybody talks about like your purpose, like your life purpose. So a lot of times you know, we'll pick our parents or so we'll pick their parents of like who will help them the most with their purpose, mm-hmm. whether it's teaching them lessons and like, you know, maybe being slightly dysfunctional so that they have to like heal it. And, you know, that's part of their purpose or help others or um, to somebody who's more maybe acceptable and, and artistic, like supporting you know, musician or somebody who has a career that might not be, you know, really um, acceptable or, or celebrated in another family. Um, You know, and so a lot of times, you know, they'll pick and then, and then kids, you know, will have an individual relationship, like with each parent. That's very important. You know, sometimes I see clients who are like, I really want my kid to have like, this connection with her dad, let's say. And it's like, but that child's soul has the connection with her dad. Like she, she might have a whole other connection with him that is designed perfectly because she needs the balance of both parents, you know, for whatever she's going to go do in, in her life. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's really, um, you know, and, and sometimes too, there's like a, like I was just bringing through, I actually had a client who her, her son is now, I think he's two. Um, so he's a little one and, and I brought him through like before, before she was pregnant. So it's been fun to see. Wow. <laughs> um, and he's like a little, you know, he's kind of in that phase where he's, he's a little bit of a terror. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. I'm well aware. <laughs> Of like just and he's really bossy and he's really loud and he's very like demanding and and um and but what I've seen in in doing the sessions and what I saw in his soul was that he was going to come through with these um these qualities that would help him be like a lawyer or a politician or or something like it's like he's going to do something with public speaking and 
arguing and debating. And so it was like he needed his parents to really help teach him how do you use these skills in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you use your loud voice to maybe stick up for other kids or to share or to communicate, but respectfully? Yes. You know, and so sometimes like even those things that seem like, oh my gosh, what is this happening with my child? <laughs> um, it's, you know, they need you to help them not just turn it off. Yes. But, but use it in, in a healthy way or express it in a healthy way in a healthy way and, and trusting that they chose you because you're capable of that. So I, I think sometimes parents can feel, you know, I'm sure it can feel overwhelming. Um, but yeah. knowing that like <laughs> you yeah. have whatever skill set is needed for, for your child. Absolutely. I mean, that, that right there is going to be the clip on social because yeah. I think that that <laughs> is exactly, exactly what we've all needed to hear and need to be reminded of because I fully believe that. But again, when you're in the throes of parenthood and it can feel overwhelming and you've been with the kids all day and you're just like pulling out your hair, I think we need that reminder to like, come back, take a deep breath. It's okay. This is all part of the plan and you Mm -hmm. need to help them and not squash that down. Mm -hmm. You know, don't make them little robots because what's really, I think going to help them be successful is, is their own creativity, their own uniqueness Mm -hmm. and their own strengths and to not make them like everyone else and not feel like you have to be judged because they're not, you know, this perfect little like idea of what a kid should be like, you know, in a public setting, you know, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying, you know, run around the store and be crazy, but yeah, and not squash that spark because, you know, I think that that's probably what's happened, you know, a lot in the past. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so grateful for people like you who are putting this out into the world and mothers who are listening right now. And who are going to be embodying that and be like, no, I'm not going to buy into that. You know, that doesn't yeah. have to be our future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it goes the other way around too. Of like, if you have a, maybe a really sensitive kid, who's very sensitive to energy and more introverted and a little more quiet, like, you know, whereas like, I think, I think society, I think we went through a phase where it was very, um, yes, you wanted the well-behaved kid, but it was also like, no, like speak up louder, like Mm -hmm. go, you know, participate more, like have more friends. Like it was almost, you know, like, it's like not, you know, shooting all over your kids and like more like, helping them, you know, helping cultivate and like nourish their natural essence and like help it develop, like almost like you're helping, you know, sounds so cheesy, but like a plant, you know, bloom or something like, you know, but really helping, helping to nourish those qualities so that they come out in a really healthy, balanced way, whatever that's like, you know, and trusting that, that they have those qualities for a reason yeah. Um, Do you, you know, think that it, we're all here because of that? Because we're all supposed to come here for something specific, or is it because? Or when you add in the free will, can that change? Can that purpose and direction change? I don't know. It's yeah. it's a hard it's a hard thing to grasp. Yeah, and that's you know it's a tricky it, it, it's that's a tricky concept for sure. But you know I feel like we come in with with this core soul essence that, that our purpose is kind of defined from. So like, let's say, you know, 
your soul, like you're that person who always helps people and always listens to people and can feel their energy, you know, maybe empathic and um, like your soul might be a healer or a counselor energy at its core. But maybe that per like where the free will comes in is how are you going to express that purpose? Mm-hmm. Are you going to, you know, be the one in your community that counsels everyone and helps everyone, you know, that friend and that person in your family? Or are you going to actually like become a coach or a counselor or like do a podcast where you're talking about things that help people, you know, or write? Like, so it's, I don't feel like it's so defined, like, I don't feel like it's necessarily so rigid of like, like back to that boy I was talking about, like, it's not that he has to go become a lawyer or become a politician, but it's like something in that, like, like I see him doing something where he's debating and and working on rights for people, but then like his soul will have the free will in his life of how is that going to unfold? You know, is he going to be an activist, a lawyer, just a CEO who's like invents something really Mm -hmm. amazing for the planet? Like, so he gets to figure that out and kind of determine that with his own passions and his own motivations and, and life. And so I feel like it's really this beautiful, like integration of divine will and free will and seeing how we can, you know, really marry the two in, in our life paths. Yeah. I feel like that was pretty, that's a really intelligent design anyway, God, the universe, whatever, Mm -hmm. just because the world changes so fast. So a career that, you know, might've been, you know, when you're, when you're born, it might not even exist when you are at that, you know, 35, 45 Mm -hmm. point in your life, you know, so it's good that you can kind of massage that. You can like adopt, adapt, (laughs) you know, with the flow of things. Right. AI (laughs) is taking over everything. So you can't be anymore. (laughs) Um, but okay, this is, this again is a heavier question, but I feel like the audience can handle it and you certainly can handle it. What happens to us when we do cross over? Is it different than, you know, if we're in an accident or we have cancer for a long time or, you know, we're got, you know, murdered or something like that? Like, Mm -hmm. does the soul cross over in the same way each time? Or, you know, do we leave and go to the light at the same rate? Like, how does that all work? Yeah. So it's, you know, there's, on one part of that, there's the free will aspect, right? Versus divine will. So, I mean, I've definitely seen cases of murder or accidents where, you know, yeah, it wasn't necessarily in the plan that the person cross over right at that time, mm. you know, where it was too soon, but how, how they describe it when they come through is like, even if it was too soon, like, you know, they're really in, when they cross over, like it's so loving that there's no, like they don't feel shorted. Like nobody's ever come through and been like, I was shorted on life, Mm. you know, like, like it's still very, like they're usually just grateful that they got to be here and have all the love that they have. And it's much easier when we cross over, you know, for, for the person who's crossed over than the, the people left alive because they can see us. They can see everything. You know, they, Mm. they always compare it to like, if you think of um, like when there's security cameras up and, and like in the room where there's all the little cameras, it's like, they can watch all of us like that, like at the same time. So 
so they don't miss anything. So for them, they don't grieve in the same way that we do when we lose somebody. And um, so when we actually leave the body, um, like usually accidents will feel like, um, like, let's say like a car accident. Like I'll usually feel like I'm like knocked out of my body. Like, Mm. it's just like, I feel all this pressure and it's just like so fast. Like, and then, and then I'll be like looking at the body, like from the side, like, wow, like that's, and usually like, it it sounds so, you know, kind of morbid, but (laughs) like, usually there's almost like a shock of like, wow, like that's it. Yeah. Like I'm done. (laughs) Like, like versus like a pain. It's usually more of like, like spirit, like they have a really a good sense of humor, like much, much better than most of us. So, um, you know, they kind of laugh or like, like they can handle or, or accept those things much easier than, than we can. Um, and generally because we have these spirit teams, there will be an angel or a loved one. Like there's always somebody there. So, you know, even if it is a situation like, like, let's say like, I mean, kind of like, I think what people think of like worst case, right. Is somebody dies and they're alone and Mm -hmm. it takes a while and it's like excruciating, you know, like that's kind of the vision. And, um, you know, in those cases, I'll see where their soul will leave their body actually like before their body's completed dying, like right before all their organs shut down or like in life support, you know, cases, that happens even sometimes in, you know, patients who are ill, you know, like right before they, they don't even feel the struggle to breathe at the end. Like they, they leave their body right before that. So that, you know, to know like one, they're not laying there suffering the whole time. And two, they're never alone. Like they're usually greeted by, you know, even a great grandmother or, you know, like, let's say like if they're young and they haven't lost anybody that they've known yet, like, there will be somebody from the family that their soul recognizes, mm-hmm. you know, or an angel figure, like somebody will be there to, to help them, you know, cross over. And a lot of times they'll show me like kind of passing through a lot of their loved ones on their way to cross over. And so, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people will describe like, Oh, I had this dream or I had this weird sensation of, of like a wind moving through me, but there was no wind or, you know, and so Mm -hmm. sometimes that's their way of saying goodbye um, on their way to the light. And then, you know, it's, it's, they usually take me through a life review where rather than just like seeing our life play out, it's like, we get to feel everything that we, um, caused or everything that we put out and so you know for for really good people that's really pleasant experience (laughs) you know and and it can be like really rewarding like you know where you can finally actually feel the ripple effect of that kindness you know and of that conversation that you had with that person that you don't even know changed their life and Mm -hmm. it's like you can feel all the good that that did and and the, you can feel like the love of your kids and how much they love you and, and like on a whole other level, you know, and, and all of those things. And then, you know, on the flip side, somebody who maybe caused harm throughout their life, like 
you know, they're going to feel the pain that they caused others from, from that other person's perspective. So it's not so much like a punishment as much as it is for their soul to actually like get the lesson, Mm. you know? So it's more of like for education um, purposes than then, you know, like you're going to suffer forever. Like, yeah. So <laughs> you know, that, I mean, that's, that's a great segue. So like, is there like a heaven and a hell necessarily, or is it just learning and then coming back and learning lessons again? And, you know, cause reincarnation was in the Bible before it was cut out, you know, centuries ago. So it's like, mm-hmm. we've accepted that this is true, but then, you know, some people didn't like that. So they took it out. So mm-hmm. do we just keep going through until we're fully awakened and, and don't have to come back? And how does, yeah. how does yeah so they always like compare heaven to like like a high-rise building just for for logical sense of like the lower floors and and when I say heaven I mean the afterlife you know whatever word you want to use um so so somebody who maybe like comes through this life doesn't learn any lessons like refuses whether it's through you know addiction or um they just stay stuck in there hatred or whatever you know when they cross over you know their experience is going to be like going back to school (laughs) so it's like their soul gets to go to maybe one of the lower floors where they're going to continue to learn and then you know they come back and hopefully they do a little better and then they can go a little higher so it's it's like yeah like we kind of we reincarnate with our soul family and then we go over and hopefully we go to a higher floor Um, Mm. and and like the top floor is like if you think of um when we talk about like ascended masters or like like Jesus or Buddha Mm -hmm. or you know Mother Teresa or you know whoever like people who just helped so many people and who get to cross over and kind of be done reincarnating and and serve more as like angels or guides for other people so that's like all the way at the top so then you have all the floors like in between you know where we're all kind of cycling in and out of and like in a family situation where somebody maybe didn't learn their lessons and so they they pass and they have to go to a lower floor but like let's say their mom or their grandmother somebody was a really amazing person and is like at a higher floor like she can come down like, like people from the higher floors can come down to help and see and connect with that person who's still in school and kind of help their soul to learn more. And so it's not, it's not that the lower floors are, are worse. They're still very loving. Like the soul still gets to be in peace. Um, They're still out of their ego and out of their pain and suffering it's just, it's like more focused on learning versus helping other people. Mm, I get that. It yeah. is really the distinction. And, and how I personally see hell and it's funny, I feel like I'm still learning of like, well, what is the exact, like, how is that decided? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I've brought through people who um, where, you know, we're in like organized crime, like, like, like people who, who have done really terrible things, who, who are on the other side, they might be back at school, but they're still crossed over. So for a long time, I thought that like murder was the thing 
and then that happened and I was like, okay, maybe not. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's something with, with remorse and, and with genuine remorse and willingness to learn um, so far, because when I will see a soul who maybe killed somebody or did really horrible things and who's stuck here. So I don't really see like a fiery, like down below hell. For me, it shows up as it's more like they're stuck here and they're feeling the way that they killed somebody or they're feeling like whatever they did to harm somebody, like until their act, until their soul you know, my, my, my newest theory is like, until their soul is truly remorseful and truly willing to learn to do better. And then they can go cross over mm. do better. So that's, that's what I've come to see as, as what I would say is like hell is, is that just, just being stuck here at a really lower, um, vibration. And that's like when people describe like being haunted, you know, or having mm. their house be haunted or, you know, entities and, and that sort of thing. Absolutely. And, and for us that are living, can we actually help them move on or at least get out of our house? I mean, if that's happening to people, because I've had friends who say like, I can absolutely have had someone in my house, like messing with me in the middle of the night. Like it's not okay. It was really scary. I didn't like it. Um, so how do we nudge them out and, and really help them? Yeah. And for, for moms in particular, because I do I mean, I think the number one reason people hire me to do house clearings is because kids yeah. can't so sleep sensitive. and are being terrorized. So sensitive, because, yeah. Because those beings, like, like they're in this really dark place where they just want to cause harm and fear because they're kind of feeding on that lower mm-hmm. energy. So when they know that a kid is sensitive, I mean, like, it's really sad, but they're going to want to freak them out to feed off that fear. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is you know, one, I mean, I do suggest teaching kids something, you know, it doesn't really matter about religion, but like something higher that they can call on that's of the light. Because if they can say, you know, angels or the universe or grandma or whoever help, you know, take these scary people away like that gives them, it empowers them mm-hmm. to not just be victimized by those lower level yeah. spirits. So, and then there's nothing to feed on at that point, I would think. Exactly. So they can, and, and like when they're in there, so, so those types of energies have to listen to us. And so really commanding, you know, even for adults, rather than giving into the fear, like commanding and calling on your spirit team or calling on your angels or the light and saying, you know, in the name of God or in the name of the light or in the name of the angels, I command that you leave my house. Like you're not allowed to be here. You're not allowed to talk to my kid. You're not allowed to mess with me, move on. And so you can really be assertive and and command that they leave. And then, you know, another thing like, like blessing your home. So Mm -hmm you know, those energies, they like highly sensitive people and then they like, um, turmoil. So like the, the, the higher frequency that you can keep your house, like the more likely they're going to skip over and go somewhere else. Mm. Um, 
you know, so like playing classical music is a really good way, even if, you know, you're not home and you let it play like while you're gone, if you don't like it so much, um, or like Sanskrit or yoga music or religious music or some kind of music with a high, high vibration, um, you know, and then you can bless your home yourself just by going around like each door, you know, and, and asking that the intention be that only love um, and, you know, only really good energy be allowed to enter your home and that, you know, light be put there to keep filter out any negative energy. And then I always visualize like flooding my home with like gold and white light, you know, or, and just like from floor to ceiling, pushing mm. it out the windows and, and, you know, and putting angels all around the home. And I love um, that. I love that so much. Yeah. So that's a really good way, but you know, and you as a mom, like if, if your kid is being tormented, like you do have the power to say like, you know, to, to really like step in for them and say like, you're not allowed to touch my kid, you know, like, yeah. And you have to go now. And, and, um, sometimes in like really like where something keeps coming back, I'll put an Archangel Michael pendant under, um, kids mattresses. And mm-hmm. that usually helps a lot too. Okay. So that's a good little you can get them on Amazon for like a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Everything on Amazon, even ghost removal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So we've covered so much. I could talk to you for so long, but just to kind of round everything out, you know, what is something that you want the audience to remember from this talk? Everything that you've lived through, everything that you've mm-hmm. studied that you intuitively know, what do you want the woman listening to this to really take away? You know, I... I think the most important thing is really just ha- to know how supported you are and to know that, you know, you might not see it, you might not feel it every second of the day, but that that support is there. And, you know, that you, especially as women, like you're a vessel of life you know, and, and you're a vessel of, of energy as well. And so you can really like, you know, have the power to, to tap in and to shift the energy of, of any situation, you know, that, that you're in and, you know, to not forget how powerful you are and and to not forget that support system around you and that you, all you have to do is ask, right. And just Mm. give that permission and, and, um, you know, to know that you're doing a great job, like (laughs) probably not doing as, as bad as you might think you are some days. And, um, you know, that, that you, it's so much more complex than, than our human minds can even grasp like these soul agreements and, you know, marriages and relationships and kids and families and all of that. And, you know, that if you just show up with just the intention of, of really living from your soul essence, like, you know, really just doing your best, not in an ego way, but in the, in a true way, like, from an inner state, like everything's going to, it's going to come together. Like you will be guided. It it will turn out, you know, and, and, and I think too, just as moms like to remember that, 
you are the example for your family, for your kids. And, and they look, you know, when they, they'll notice you, if you meditate every day Mm -hmm. and they'll notice that shift and, and it teaches them like really, you know, life-changing techniques, you know, even, even when they're young, you know, they, they really learn by watching you. And and so to know that, um, that all of those little things that you do for yourself, that they really matter. Mm, I love that. Oh, so good. Okay. Um, so where can the audience find out more about you, get your book, listen to your meditations, all the things tell us. Yes. So sarahreneinc.com is my website and that has all the information, all the things, everything, everything's there. Um, and then on Instagram, which my Instagram is now at medium Sarah Renee and that has like every Saturday I put up, I either go live or I put up a, a guided meditation, you know, video and I share tools and client stories and, and all the fun things there too. Mm, so, so yeah. good. Thank you so much for, for coming and speaking to my audience. This was magical. And I don't mean that in a woo woo way, like really <laughs> like life-changing. So thank you from the bottom of my heart and all yes, of us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again to our sponsor, Coso Drink. Be sure to head on over to rscoso.com. That's rskoso.com. And use my code unstressed to save. You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast.